So rest, because I always feel like I'm always tired and I don't have enough rest. So rest for me means reclaim your energy and set the tone for the journey ahead. Hey, welcome to Black At It. I'm Tia Price. And I'm Gail Brown. And we are excited to be with you today. Gail, my goodness, you've been a world traveler for the last couple of weeks. Where have you been? (laughs) Well, we had some events on the West Coast and everything went really, really well. You know, I've been at my job for quite some time, but it's an organization. Let me put it like this. We're working on diversity. Okay. We're working on diversity. So oftentimes, I am the only person, African-American. There are people of color. I'm not going to sell them short, but I'm usually the only African-American. And that's, you know, I guess I'm used to it, but it still doesn't make it okay. And it doesn't make me feel 100% comfortable. And I still encounter people who have every good intention, but just don't say the right things. (laughs) Right. I mean, I've been there at other companies previous to the one that I'm at now. I would be the only, you know, the only person in the room, the only person in the boardroom, the only person, you know, speaking at events. And Mm -hmm. you're right. You do get used to it. And then somebody reminds you, you are the only. And then you're not comfortable anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, with my current company that I'm at, it's very, very diverse. So I do feel much more comfortable in that environment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I recently went to an event down in Baltimore and we had an all company meeting and it was extremely diverse. You know, it was something you generally don't see all the way up the organization. So Mm -hmm. it is a different feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it's not like, you know, people are like, there's that black girl. There's that black girl. It's not (laughs) like that. But it's just when you get into conversations and they may tell you, oh, it's so nice talking with you. Oh, and by the way, I, you know, watched Boomerang last night. (laughs) (laughs) Some show. I've had that happen too. Just, oh, you know, I watched King Richard, you know, and I'm like, okay, um, I'm not sure what that has to do anything. But yeah, I think it is a challenge, but I think everybody's working on diversity, no matter where you are, yes, you're, yes. you know, no matter how diverse the company may be, you're always working on issues. Yeah. Um, I think we, we have to keep, be patient. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming, but keep fighting for inclusion and all that, but it could be tough sometimes. It definitely can. That's why I'm excited about our guest today, because she's in a field that you don't necessarily see a lot of black women. Exactly. Exactly. So I, too, am looking forward to speaking with Janae Jasmine Lincolns, and she is from the DMV. She is a proud graduate of the Lincoln University and has a degree in physics, and she's currently work, uh, pursuing her Ph.D., in mechanical engineering. Outside of her education, she volunteers in her school and her community. She believes in the importance of giving back and making a difference in the world around her. She's had a few life challenges and uh, she's found great comfort in advocating for exclusive, equitable, and diverse spaces for women in historically unrepresented communities, such as my community. (laughs) In our spare time, Janae competes in beauty pageants. 
and she promotes a platform entitled Don't Adjust Your Crown. And she advocates for, again, inclusive, equitable, and diverse spaces for women. She sings in her church gospel choir and is a member of this first state symphonic band where she plays the drums and percussions. So she has a lot going on, and we're so glad to welcome Janae Lincoln. Welcome, Janae. I have to say, in your young age, you've made me feel totally unaccomplished. (laughs) Your many accolades. So great to have you. I'm happy to be here. I'm an overachiever, so I try to do as much as I can. I feel like life is so short, so I got to get as much in as I can. Well, you're doing a great job at that. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. So I really love the state, don't adjust your crown. I mean, that really caught my eye when I became aware of you. Tell us a little bit about where that comes from. Honestly, it really comes from within. I felt like throughout my journey through education and through my career, I felt like I was always trying to change myself, like little things here and there, just to fit in to, you know, to make sure I wasn't like trying to stand out too much. You know, I was fitting with the crowd. Um, especially being in a white male dominated field of mechanical engineering, you know, I try not to like stand out, but I have a very strong voice. I have a very loud personality. And if you see me in person, you'll know that, you know, you know who I am. So um, I really couldn't dim that light and it was really hard for me to do that. And so at a point, uh, so that getting, as I got older, I was just like, why am I like changing myself or trying to, you know, change my life to fit everyone else? Like you will need to fit in my world. Like this is my world. So I'm not going to adjust myself. So that came from, you know, don't adjust your crown. And it also um, was inspired from the Crown Act passed in 2019, um, where they weren't discriminating against natural hair um, in the community and in workplaces. So, you know, your crown is not only your hair, but your crown is who you are. So and who you exemplify and who you um, who you are. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to adjust my crown. So my platform is don't adjust your crown. I think that's great. And when you come in so boldly and confident, how are the reactions to you at first it's like whoa who is that and then it's like oh that's janae like okay like that's cool you my first day on the job and my i worked down at the naval base and uh, i'm an engineer so they were looking for an engineer and i guess they i don't know what their vision was of like the engineer that they were looking for but i showed up i had you know wear like platform shoes um you know the goth the all black like i was i showed up they were like who are you i'm just like and they were like you're not supposed to be here i was like well i'm the engineer and they were like oh my god you're the engineer i was like yeah what were you expecting i don't know what they like their vision was but like i like to show who i am and i'm not afraid to be janae so i show that in every way possible so yeah the reactions are surprising at first and then because like you know just don't judge a book by its cover like you know i may look like this and dress like this but at the end of the day like my accolades speak for itself you know, yeah. So it's surprising at the end, but here I am. That is fantastic. Now you talked a little bit about early on, you would do things that may dim your light. And I use that phrase a lot and tell my children, don't dim your light. I have an an opinion of what that is, but tell us how you may have dimmed your light earlier. Well, I mean, even, you know, within my PhD program, when I first started having coursework, I would be I'm usually the only one in the class, only black woman, only woman of color. And so I don't like to brag, but I am very smart and I am very articulate. And I, you know, I do like to show that. But, you know, I like to give people a chance to try to, you know, show themselves first. And then like, I'll come in and take over, not to be like, out like on that, but that's usually how it goes. And so 
you know, I try to just like take a step back and let other people shine. But at, at the end of the day, like everyone, you know, is searching, is hoping for the same goal, same outcome. Um, and I don't want to let anyone outshine me. Um, but, you know, we're all here for the same thing. Um, so that's why, I, you know, I can't dim myself. You know, this is who I am. I can't like put a like a filter on Janae. Like, I don't know how to explain it. But yeah, that's how I say don't dim your light. Yeah. Let me ask. I think it's great. You exude such confidence. Have you always, even in your childhood, or has this developed because you realize I'm a smart girl, I have it going on, a smart young woman, and I have it going on? Or is this something that maybe your parents instilled in you? I think I would say it has grown over the years. When I was younger, I was, I mean, I was confident, but I guess I didn't know really how to articulate that and how to show that. Or so I feel like it was like a lot of cockiness when I was younger. But then as I, you know, grew older and matured, like, you know, it's, you know, confidence and like, you know, who I am. But no, I haven't always been like this. And I am still priding myself and make sure I'm learning every day and making sure that, you know, I'm, you know, reading my Bible and, you know, doing uplifting and empowering things just to keep it. Because it may seem as if I'm confident. I mean, I am confident, but like it took a long way to get here. It really did. Yeah, I've been in predominantly white institutions like since I was in private Catholic school and you know just trying to prove myself and I feel like that also was like a driving force for me to be like very confident like I have to you know prove myself to everyone and so I think that's also where a lot of the confidence stems from but it took a long way to get here and I'm working on it every day because some days I'm just like please don't look at me Um, (laughs) but yeah so but I think that's good I you know don't dim your light. <laughs> no, yeah, I did the light. Now, have you seen situations where you've seen other women in general dim their light? Maybe in the environment you're in or in your coursework or other places? And what oh, does yeah. that look like? Most definitely. So I go to University of Maryland at College Park. I mean, with that, I am the president of the Black Graduate Student Union there. And so we have a lot of, you know, black students that are in all different areas in college of education, public health. And so when we have our little check-in meetings, you know, they, we have like a little talk of, you know, we talk and, you know, people like tell like different stories about like their department. And there's like a few people, like there's always like a story. I'm just like, why are you doing this? Like, I get so frustrated. I'm just like, no, like you're, you're there for a reason. Like you don't need to, you know, don't let them talk to you like that. Don't let the advisors talk to you like that. And I'm just like, well, my advisor, my supervisor knows this person. Like I'm always trying to connect them with people because it's just like, it's very frustrating. The institutional structure is, it's not meant for us. And it's very frustrating, frustrating, especially within education, because I feel like women, especially, I don't want to say like they don't take advantage, but like they need to take advantage of that. Like, you know, this system wasn't built for us, but we need to pave a way for ourselves and other people. And so what I do see, it's very frustrating. And I'm just like trying to encourage them like, no, like we have to do something. And sometimes they're like, okay, Janae, calm down. I'm like, no, we have this person and this person and this person. And then I'm like, oh, my grandmother, she's the uh, state delegate for Maryland. I'm like, I can call my grandmother. She can do something. (laughs) So yeah, I get a little excited, but you know, but yeah, I see it a lot. (laughs) Well, it's good to know that you, you know, you empower women, you empower them to stand there ground and and say what's on their mind and you know um add to the conversation and show that they deserve that seat at the table yeah i try to one of the things that i've always gotten even within pageantry is that i have too much of a voice i have a strong voice and a lot of that has you know i guess it's good and bad 
it all, you know, cost me some pageant, you know, winnings and things like that. But, but uh, yeah, that's why I've been told, like one of the pageant coaches or judges told me like, you know, we didn't pick you because you have too strong of a voice. It's like, what does that mean? Like, they're like, we know that like, there's no, we can tell you something, you're not going to do it. I'm like, no, because if it's not right, I'm not going to do it. So, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, but like, I don't know, there's no way to like change who I am at this point in my life. I don't know. So I just embrace it, honestly. I mean, that's the best thing. I mean, I don't need to, you know, I have the seat at the table. I made the seat. I am in the seat. So I don't need to, you know. Oh, girl. All right. <laughs> I love that. I am the seat. I, I have to use that <laughs> myself. I am the point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me write that down. Yeah, write that down. I wish I had my bell. Ding, I ding, am ding. the <laughs> I am the seat. You know, it's interesting because I think in different industries or maybe different companies, as you said, maybe a strong voice isn't as welcomed or could potentially cause people to maybe back up or say, right, hey, this isn't for me or not give an opportunity. But it, it sounds like you accept that. You know, if someone is not going to embrace you, it's just not for you. That person's not for you. That opportunity's not for you. That company or industry isn't for you. And is that when you may either ship or accept or bolt, you know, drive through? What happens when you you realize, okay, this person, this industry, this place is not accepting my crown, is not accepting who I am or maybe judging me in the wrong way. You know, I struggle with this throughout my master's degree because I had to make the decision to like transfer to a new institution because when I was there, my advisor told me the only reason why I was there is because I was black. And so this is a product of like a group meeting. Like, you know, I was the only black person in the group. And like, it was so awkward. Like he said it, like it just rolled off the tongue so nicely. Like it was just like, he said this before. And he um, said it in front of others. Yeah, this is our group meeting. So like, no. So yeah, so we have, you know, group meetings weekly, Um, you know, all the different grad students and the undergrads, we come together. We talk about, you know, what's going on within the research, what we're doing, what we need help with, whatever. And so he was like, yeah, he was like, you know, your only reason why you're here is because you're black. And I'm just like, and like, I heard it. But I didn't hear it, right? And so I'm sitting here like, okay. So I'm looking around at everybody in the room and they're looking at me like, Janae, are you okay? Like, are you about to say something? And like, I won't give myself credit. 2012 Janae would have been off the chain. <laughs> but you know, I said, okay, well, you know, I, I realized at that moment, this place wasn't the place for me. And so I got up and I was like, you know, thank you for your time. Here's my information, you know, here's my stuff, whatever to turn in. And I went right to the Title IX office. Like I wasn't playing it. I was like, I don't need to be like, I need to transfer like ASAP. And like, yeah, so like if I just removed myself because it's negative energy. And, you know, I know people don't want to talk about mental health a lot, but my mental is not as strong as I would like it to be. And at that time it was a very detrimental and I was very hard on myself and I was very down. And I was like, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. You know, and I started having all these feelings of imposter syndrome and things like that. And I was just like, and then I had to realize, like, no, like, this guy's just tripping. Um, I mean, that's just some other words, but this guy's just tripping. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to remove myself from that situation. Granted, I didn't want to do that. Like, I wanted to finish at that school with my PhD, but I, you know, had to, quote unquote, settle for a master's. But I mean, it wasn't settling, but it, I still got something, but I just had to 
take a step back and realize like this place is not where I want to be. I need to find something that will be suitable for me and, you know, my improvement and my empowerment, you know, for my mental at the end of the day, because graduate school is not easy. And so that situation in that place was not the place where I needed to be. So I'll just remove myself. I don't, I don't have a problem. I have, you know, as you get older, it's just like, just remove it. Like you don't have to be in these different situations like you used to just take yourself out. But that took uh, a lot of courage. It did. I remember yourself because you, you know, were you thinking? Maybe you weren't thinking, but I guess I would be thinking if I remove myself from this situation, will there be another situation where I can get into? And, you know, will I, you know, hurt or damage my reputation among those peers? I'm sure, honestly, I did. And honestly, I guess I really wasn't thinking in that situation. I just knew that it wasn't healthy and mm-hmm. I just had to get out because, you know, I I had already had like a medical, you know, emergency during that time in school anyway. And so I felt like maybe this was just like the la- the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, you know, this is a sign. God is telling me like, look, I already made you, I already made sure you could, that you didn't walk for two months. Like you need to get out. Like, mm-hmm. well, and so, I, I mean, I, I wasn't thinking, I'm not even going to lie to you. I wasn't thinking. It was just a decision. I just made it. I just signed the withdrawal paper, like the, the not the withdrawal papers, but it was just like, you know, that you're getting your master's or whatever. And that was it. And then I stopped and I took a year off. I started teaching high school and then I applied for another program. And, and then I ended up at the University of Maryland. So, well, that's great. I'm glad you bounced back, but I'm so sorry that you had to, you know, take time off from your intended goal because of someone's ignorant comment. Yeah, I feel like I needed it though. Like I feel like the year that I was teaching high school was one of the best years of my life. Like I never thought I would enjoy teaching so much. Like (laughs) the high school, like my class, I had AP bio and I had biology and I had a, a small engineering class. And so like they were some of the most like smartest kids I've ever like even met. And but because it's a predominantly black school, like people were like writing them off. And I'm just like, you guys not know how smart these kids are. Like you have to meet yeah. them where they are. And that's where a lot of people failed these students. Like they don't meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. Two of my students got five on the AP exam. Like I was so hyped. Wow. Like so hyped. And so, yeah, it was the best year of my life. Honestly, I, I'm not even lying to you. Shout out to Westlake High School in Waldorf, Maryland. Probably uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the best year of my life. I had so much fun. I learned a lot about myself. And even one of my students, I think that's the one thing I'm like really holding on to is that she, I was her first black science teacher. And so she ended up coming to College Park. So I see her a couple of times a day through the halls. And she's like, oh, you know, I came here because of you, you know? And I was like, oh my God, like I was so like, so like my one thing is if I can inspire one person, like that's my goal in life. And I was able to do that. And I'm, I'm good, honestly, I'm good to go. So I did, hopefully I can just keep inspiring people. But like my goal has been to just inspire one person and I was able to do that. So I'm very happy. Well, you're inspiring me right now. But <laughs> I mean, really, you know, <laughs> your story reminds me of something that happened to me. I was at a meeting once and yeah, I think I told you this and we were talking about communication. It was a, a, a leader in the front of the room who was not black. And he said, you know, communication is hard, especially if you've come from areas or backgrounds that you didn't really get exposed to things like Tia. We know she's had a hard life. 
<laughs> where you tell me. <laughs> I was the only black person in the room and I said, wait a minute, where did this story come from? It was a story this person made up in their mind that I had gone through some hard troubles. I grew up in a middle-class home with educated parents. I didn't go through troubles. I mean, everybody had troubles, but you know what I'm saying. He had made up a story that maybe I was, you know, from an inner city and I had been on the streets. I don't know. Your parents were drug dealers, drug dealers, and I I find my way out. All all this story is made up. And, you know, it's interesting because I think that is why Black women are so strong. And, And what she said is how strong you have to be because people do make up their own stories. And that kind of came into play with you where you're here because where did that come from? It, it, I mean, that was something made up, you know, oh, that yeah. wasn't a fact. Yeah. Um, and I get, clearly he didn't read my resume or look at my degrees or like anything. I mean, like you said, I'm coming from a middle-class family. My Both of my parents are educated. My mom's a professor. So it's just like, I don't know where you came with this. So I don't know, I guess. All black people look alike. All black people are alike. I don't know. I guess that's where that whole thing comes in. Right. Well, that kind of brings to the next question, Gail. We had talked about, about, you know, are there situations, this is one, where someone dishonors your crown? You know, this was a good example. Are there any others you can think where you've been in a situation where someone is completely dishonoring who I am based on just what they're seeing? Just the color of my skin or that I'm a black woman or I'm young. Yeah. I mean, I can give a lot of examples. <laughs> the most recent, I was doing coursework uh, at school and um, I was in a group with a white male and an Asian male. And so they somehow conspired against me. And once the professor said that I wasn't doing any of my work, like I was just, we were in a group project. I hate group projects. I hate group projects. And so <laughs> they had this whole story. And so Mind you, I had written the whole entire code, like Python code. Um, and so I had learned from my from my undergrad to always put like little identifiers in your code. That's one thing I did learn from Lincoln, put identifiers in your code to take ownership of it. And so at the end of the code, it was inappropriate. Well, but I'm not going to say what it was, but it pretty much it was shouting out to all the black people. And so, and so I presented that to the, right, exactly. I presented that to the professor and he was like, oh my God. And they were like, but they tried to tell me, tell him that I stole their code. I cheated. I did all this stuff. And then I turned to academic dishonesty. And I was just like, why would you guys do that? Like, this was like a whole semester's worth of stuff. And I'm just like, so, but hey, you know, shout out to Lincoln because they taught me one thing. That is really good. And it's sad that you have to think about how can I protect? you know, my ideas. But I think that's so wise and so smart that we do have to protect our ideas. Yeah, we do have to personalize them or customize them in a way that they can be ours and not stolen or taken or misinterpreted by others. Yes. Yes. So I keep doing it. I, I that was like my lesson learned just to keep with it and, you know, just in case anything ever, I mean, nothing like that's ever happened again, thank God. But, mm-hmm. you know, that was like my first experience. And I'm just like, they're going to, then they were threatening to kick me out and expel me from school. And I'm just like, I didn't even do anything. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right, Janae, this is, this is really upsetting me. I'm really getting angry. <laughs> no, we've persevered. It's okay. We don't even, we're just in the past. We're not even worried about that. We're just going to keep pushing mm-hmm. for the 
I know it makes me so bad. That's I'm like, if I can just, you know, whatever, like when I, you know, finish school and I just want to be the person that is able to help young black women and young black men to not go through the same things that I had to go through. I just like if they had like a Janae, like if I had a Janae during my time throughout education, then I think I would have been okay. Um, And I've had like, you know, people here and there to help me. And I, you know, I definitely will acknowledge them. But I feel like if, you know, I just want to be that person in the student's corner when they're going. I don't want anyone to go through the same stuff that I've gone through. And I just say that it's shaped me to who I am, honestly. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, granted, those experiences were terrible, you know, wasn't put me in a bad, bad place, but it really opened my eyes to the world and really showed me like what my purpose is and what I want to do. Like, my goal is to help students like students need to be within the STEM pipeline or whatever major they want to be in. But as long as they have someone in their corner to support them and help them, that's who I want to be. Now, that's I think that's a major difference. Students can go whatever down whatever academic avenue they want to. But if they don't have that support. Yeah. You know, they're going to hear from somebody. Uh, I don't think this profession is for you. And right. if they're not strong and confident enough. They may listen yeah, and go, you know, down a path that doesn't bring them joy or happiness or down a path that doesn't allow them to really show and give their full potential. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, me and my mom just had this conversation, um, especially within healthcare. I know it's a little bit off topic, but, you know, I get my strong voice from my mother. I love shout out to Janelle. I love my mom. And so, you know, I had to take her to the doctors, you know, last week and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, we changed your appointment to virtual. I'm just like, she's like, no, like I'm already here. Like I'm, I'm like I was we were already at the doctor, in the garage and they're like, oh, yeah, you're fine. Like, you'll be OK. No, she has to have surgery. Like, this is not OK. And she was like, like, what if I wasn't like, what if, you know, I didn't have all, you know, all the background and like stuff about her. You know, she has Crohn's disease, so she has to have surgery. But it's just like. What if I wasn't the, who I am? Like, what, like, would I just have been okay with that? And then what would have happened when I went home? And so I'm very, you know, glad and, you know, that I have my mother because she, the person who's, in, you know, instilled in me and like to always speak up for yourself. And she was like, no, I'm already here. We're walking in the door. And so we walked in the door and they were like still on the phone with her. And they thought this was a game. Like, no, we are here. <laughs> you know, my mom does not play that. So I, I definitely, you know, it's just, it, I don't know. I think that's also like a part of me that really hopes to hopefully teach people or maybe like encourage people. Like, you know, you have to have that voice. Like, don't settle for whatever they give you because it's not, it's not it, you know, because at the end of the day, it couldn't be life or death. You know, we don't like. So hopefully, you know, I can be that backbone for students. Yeah, that is so important. The mentorship and the leadership that you are providing with your examples and the work you're doing in and out of school and and your profession. It's so, as Gail said, so important to have that person you can identify with and follow. But I think one thing you said, we hope people won't have these experiences, but I think getting prepared for them is good too. Yeah. Where we say these things could happen like you found in Lincoln. They prepared you Mm -hmm. for something. You hope they won't, but I think it is important to prepare and just be aware that these things can happen and how to react. And like you said, even with healthcare, often we know through statistics, um, Black people, women in particular, are denied certain things or their pain is ignored. 
you know, they're kind of pushed to the side and you do have to advocate yourself. So having that voice that you talked about is extremely important. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I don't know. Healthcare, like, and that's like one of the other things that I'm really passionate about is healthcare. You know, I feel like, especially in the black community, like we don't acknowledge, like we, like, you know, I don't know. I say like people know how the black community is like, we don't like to go to the doctors. We don't like to go to Catholic because, you know, what stays in the health, you know, stays in the home. But like, I definitely am glad that, you know, things are progressing. And, you know, my parents, my dad's like, oh, like, oh, how is therapy? How is counseling? Like, he's so excited now. You know, because I'm like, you know, I need this. Like, I'm not just acting like this because, you know. And so I'm definitely glad that, you know, it's on the people's radar, even like going through my medical issues. Yeah, I couldn't walk for two months and they told me I was pregnant. I <laughs> Yeah. And I was and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> no, seriously, like I was like, you know, I went to the doctors. I was like, I couldn't walk. My urine was black. And they were like, oh, yeah, you're probably you're just pregnant. Like, well, they did four pregnancy tests and they thought I was going to pay for that. My insurance was not paying for that. Like, <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. And then I ended up getting flown to John Hopkins to shock trauma the next day. Because like, wow, but they didn't listen to me. They were just assuming that I wanted like painkillers and, you know, other things. And it's just, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. This infrastructure is like healthcare, education. It's not built for us. So pave the way and change it so we can, you know, make it a form for us. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's, I mean, I can think of countless stories with myself. I know, Gail, maybe you can too, of the healthcare or the disinterest or the lack of passion for you know, one group versus another. Um, But again, that advocacy and that trusting of your instinct to know this isn't right. I'm going to someone else at least. I'm I'm going to get a second opinion because this is just not right. Um, It's so important for us. It's like, and, and the other part that you brought about or spoke about was the mental health. I've always felt Black people should get mental health for free. From day one, (laughs) come out, you should be in counseling Um, just to keep that confidence. I'm glad you brought that up too. Gail, what are your thoughts on the counseling? I think it's important. I mean, just to have someone who you can open up to, you know, freely with the assurance that, you know, it's a private conversation and you're going to tell somebody who can really help you think differently. Right. You know, they may not be give you answers and tell you what to do, but they're going to guide you and, you know, help you think so that you can make better decisions for yourself. Yeah. It's just in the black community. I think it's still I think it's getting better, but it's been taboo. You know, you don't need therapy. Pray it away. You know, all that. But you can have Jesus and a therapist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's one thing me and my grandma and my aunt, we still kind of a little argue about because I'm just like, praying is not going to help me. Like, I mean, it's going to help me, yes. But like, I need like help. Like, I need professional help. Like, take me to the, the church to pray and, you know, throw in holy water. That's all good. But no, I need like professional help, you know. And, and some, I, that, I'm glad that things are getting better because even growing up, like, you know, and I'm not going to fault my parents because they, they didn't know. Well, it's like, oh, like, you know, you know, you're just having a bad day. I've had a bad day for like six months now. <laughs> 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 so, 
we probably like, laugh about it now, but it was like thinking about like thinking back on it. I was just like, I wasn't having a bad day. Like I was really going through stuff, you know, and, you know, but, you know, go to church, you know, you pray, you know, you don't talk about it, you know, keep it within the family, things like that. And it's so, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely glad things are getting better. And I will say like, whenever I do have kids, I will definitely First thing, then you're going to therapy, you're going to counseling. We're both going together. Like, I don't know what we need to do. Uh, even like medicine, like I didn't even, like I was like brought up like, you don't need medicine. You know, like not necessarily you don't like, you know, take some Tylenol, get a ginger ale, some saltine crackers, you're good to go. And so like, on your order for everything, ginger ale and saltines. My kids will even like when I still have salty in the ginger ale in my like my cabinet because it's this thing like that's always in my head. But like, like I need to go through the doctor. Like I'm actually sick. Like I will wait till like I'm on my last leg. I'm like, okay, maybe I should go. Like, mom, come take me to the doctor. I think I'm fucking wrong. But like, yeah, even growing up with like that, like, oh, you're fine. You know, just drink some ginger ale. You're good. Yeah. Like, uh, so, but I'm glad that it's it's getting better. I think our generation and you know that you know our generations and the generation before us are really like changing things you know, for the better. So and I think our parents, like, it's so funny, like, you know, your parents, as you get old, they don't listen. Like, I be telling them stuff, they don't listen to me. I'm just like, am I the adult now? Or like, I'm telling them, like, you need to go to the doctor's and they're like, why are you yelling at me? I'm just, you're not listening to me. So you, you gotta love them. You gotta love yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I have to say, I'm guilty of that as well with those, you know, standard old fashioned concoctions. So that's the shame. But we're moving forward. We're moving forward. But let's get back a little bit, kind of a sharp turn here. You're an engineer. Mm-hmm. You're getting your PhD. You've, you know, doing your volunteer work, but also leaved in there some pageant. Yes. Now, how did you get into that? Because that brings us back to the crown, if you will. And it brings us back to that confidence. Okay, so full transparency, the real story. So the guy I was dating at the time told me that I, I wasn't going to make it. And so if you know Janae Lincoln, you know I'm going to make it. So, <laughs> so I made it a point. And so once I got into pageantry, I started um, at the Miss Maryland USA um, in 2019, 2018, 2019, with that year. Um, and so I actually, you know, I had an interview. I made it. Like I got in and I was like, oh, my God. Okay, like what am I going to do now? Like, what am I going like, to, what's that, what we're going to talk about? Um, and so that really like was like the fuel of the fire. Like, you know, I've always had this advocacy. I've always had, you know, promoting, you know, um, education and diversity and things like that. But like, I just didn't have a platform to speak on. And so the pageantry really provided me with that platform. Like, it just enhanced it. Like, I've always done this type of work. It's not just, it didn't just start because I did pageants. Like, I've always done this throughout my life. And so the you know, doing pageants just gave me another opportunity to present that platform. And, you know, pageants, you know, they have the beauty and the fitness and but like a lot of the I realized that the patent systems that I was doing weren't really conducive to what I was looking for. They weren't for the mission that I was looking for. I'm, you know, that's why I found the system that I'm in now. Um, and they're, you know, platform driven, like they are, you know, for working in the community, talking about disparities in the black community. And that's everything that I'm about. And so I'm so glad that I'm able to actually, you know, not only use this pageant as a platform just to promote myself and promote other people you know empowerment of black women empowerment of black men so that's really how i got into it that is fantastic yeah that's great um you mentioned earlier that when you were in a pageant they didn't really appreciate your uh confidence even though when you think beauty pageant that's 
I mean, it's a beauty pageant, a pageant, and you think that it's to promote women, right? Give them confidence and build them up, but they kind of tried to shut you down, right? Yeah. Um. You know, some systems are more so about the glitz and glam, mm-hmm. and you know about you know who looks the best, who who can they can tell you know what to do and what to wear and what to think or how to think, and not necessarily maybe not what to think, but you know maybe push their opinions and their agenda on them. And you know, I've always been rebellious, and as my parents, I've been rebellious as a young age, so I was never going to be the one to like you know sit back and take whatever. And I feel like that was my so the that comment was made on my first pageant system, um, my first pageant. And so pretty much they wanted us to say and do some stuff. And I was just like, no. (laughs) And they were like, what do you mean now? I'm just like, no. Like, I was like, I'm not doing that. And then you were like, yeah, she's right. Like, we're not doing that. And then they were like, yeah, so then they got mad at me. They were like, why are you trying to stage a coup? I'm just like, I'm not. Stage a coup. I'm just like, why are, I'm not doing this. We're always in charge, but not in charge. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of got a little frustrated and upset with me. I mean, plus I, I didn't fit the mold. You know, I'm very just, I'm Jeanette. And so even like with my interview outfit, they were like, you really struggle. Because like my best friend, she made my uh, interview outfit. And so my jacket uh, handmade and it has like the stitching and it has the all the different affirmations and it has Dr. Lincoln's on the back. And so I walked in with that and they were like, this is not a traditional interview outfit. I'm just like, this is my interview outfit. Like, I'm gonna let y'all know, you know. So it just, you know, just, it just, I just didn't fit the mold. And so that's why I just was like, I'm not doing this. So no. And so I left. And they were like, you can't leave. It's pageant weekend. And I was like, deuces. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, Janae, you broke the mold. Yeah, you know, you broke the mold. And I think you are such an inspiration and positive person. I'm going to tell my daughter to tell all of her friends to make sure they listen to this. (laughs) And, you know, if you can hold court with them one day, not that there's anything wrong, but I just think, you know, spreading the love and confidence among Black women, which is what you do. On a normal basis anyway. I see, you know, you volunteer with Girl Scouts. You're part of the links. I mean, you really use every opportunity you can to really show your confidence, your boldness, and to let other women know it's okay. This is what you should be doing. Because I will honestly say, I still do find myself in situations where, you know, I'm reminded that I'm different. Mm-hmm. in a particular audience and I'm not always as quick and I don't know what to say other than oh really <laughs> and, and I'm so shocked even though I, I don't know why I still get shocked but I'm shocked by people's responses or reactions towards me and I don't know what to say in the moment and then on my way home I'm kicking myself and I'm mad at myself because I didn't say what I should have said yeah. and I still do that. Well, I think, you know, that's a generational thing because generationally, and I do think we set a path for our younger Black women to be themselves and feel confident to do that. Unfortunately, we <laughs> had to sometimes suck it up to get to certain levels in the organization. So, you know, I think that's just something that's within us. It's almost, honestly, I hate to say a fear. You know, it's a fear of 
being fired or being, you know, yelled at or, you know, being seen as negative and some consequences with that. And there are some consequences. There are some consequences to speaking your mind, but that's okay. That's okay. You will land on your feet in another place. You will be put on the right path as Janae was with her Mm -hmm. teaching and other things. It's just having that confidence and knowing, as you said, you have a crown, you're you, you will find that place that accepts you. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think I, I agree with that. It's definitely a generational thing. My mom says I'm always like influencing her because like she'll tell me about like something that's going on at this school. I'm just like, you need to tell that myth. That's it. <laughs> like, no. And then I remember the one time she told me, she's like, yeah, I thought I said it in my head and I said it out loud. And they were like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I am so sorry, mom, because I'll be hyping her up. Like, <laughs> So she's like, no, I can't say that. But now she's just like, yeah, I told him this. This is like, you go, girl, because I would have said this too. And she's like, okay, like, like don't do too much. Like, I'm definitely agree. So in wrapping this up, Janae, give us some of your, you know, best lessons learned um, when thinking about that don't adjust your crown. Just your best lessons learned that we can close out with. So I guess little mantras that I live by. So rest, because I always feel like I'm always tired and I don't have enough rest. So rest for me means reclaim your energy and set the tone for the journey ahead. So say that again. See, see, that's an acronym. Yeah, it's right again. Reclaim your energy and set the tone for the journey ahead. So rest, you know, I need to rest. I need, you know, that's one of my mantras. Um, and the other one is crown. Um, so C being creating a community through confidence building or relating to others by means of realism, rarity, and representation. O uh, organizing original people to be to own their own self worth. W withstanding criticism and finding that voice. And N normalizing self nourishment and self care. And so I those are those are what I live by. You know the crown and rest, resting in the crown. So. I don't know how those two go together. They don't, but rest. They absolutely do. They go together. They go together. So, Janae, when is your book coming out? Because if you don't have plans to do what, you need to write a book. You know what? I just bought this journal. It's called Story of My Life. And it has like different prompts for like book starting. And I was thinking, I'm going to get started. It's sitting right here on my night. I haven't opened it yet but i definitely i looked through some of the prompts and I, I think i might start a book like, i think i definitely want to like think you should share my life you can have anyone no no one reads it one person reads it that's fine i'm gonna read it <laughs> wow well, i appreciate that yeah well you're amazing pass the gail any final words yay janae <laughs> No, I mean, that's your crown. That's that's what I live by. Don't adjust your crown. Be who you are. Don't adjust your crown. Amen. Amen. There you go. Janae, you are not only beautiful, you are fierce. You are just a firecracker. And I know that we are going to be hearing your name for years to come. You know, best-selling author. <laughs> you know, Wonderful, amazing, smart, uh, mechanical engineer who is ruling the world. I mean, you are just... I need all the encouragement. I tell you, I will send you the invitations for my graduation. Everyone's invited. Like, it takes a village and everyone is pouring into me because I'm I'm almost, I'm I'm a year away. Like, everyone's pouring into me. So 
I'm just so happy and so grateful of all my friends and family and, you know, you guys, you know, just being able to talk with me like this is this is helping. You don't even know, like mm-hmm. it's taking me away from my work, you know, giving me a new you know perspective on things. So I really appreciate you guys having me and, you know, having me on here. So thank you. And you're getting invitations to my graduation. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. there. <laughs> I'll be there. We'll be there. It'll be an adventure. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll be filming. But this is fantastic. So thanks again, Janae, for joining us. You know, if someone wanted to just reach out or, or follow you, do you have an Instagram or a, an email, something you want to share? Up to you. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, my Instagram is just Miss Janae J. Lincoln's. My email is my first name, last name at gmail.com. Janae. So my number is always like people can reach out like, I will give me two to three business days. I will respond. But yeah, so my email, Instagram, whatever, Facebook, um, I'm reachable through any means of communication. And I love talking to people. Um, All right. Well, accept my friend request immediately. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been fantastic. Thanks again for joining us. And thanks again for listening, everyone. Please continue to follow Black Ad at the next adventure of Gail and Tia. We are on Spotify podcasts, really any place that you want to hear Apple Podcasts, anywhere you want to find your podcast, you can find us. We will also be starting on YouTube very soon. So look out for us there. And we hope to hear see you at our next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.